What's up all of you cryptozoologists out there, you cryptid lovers? Uh, I mean, even if you're into paranormal things like ghosts or, uh, hey, look into the sky, see some UFOs, see some strange lights, you never know. Welcome to Fringe History. It's your host, Basti, uh, traveler of America and amateur folklorist, and today, I wanted to bring you a bonus episode. I've talked about it before, and oh man, let's talk about cryptids. My favorite subject, just a free sprawl talk about cryptids. And you know, I've always found myself putting them in categories, and especially as I've gotten years into this culture, I found myself seeing new cryptids and being able to easily catalog them amongst other cryptids of the sorts, or where they belong in this giant culture, this weird branching tree of cryptids and urban legends, maybe legitimate sightings of a real creature, maybe it has a strange behavior, maybe it's in a place where no one's ever seen it before, or maybe it's just some folklore that a creationist made up, a ghost story that somebody tells their kid to scare them and you make some boogeyman out there. Cryptids are boogeymen sometimes. Cryptids could be aliens sometimes, or sometimes they belong to Native American spirituality. And, and that's definitely where I start to draw my line of where cryptids stop. I think, you know, spirituality is its whole own thing, and cryptids are another thing. Whether it be the folklore element, where we can acknowledge most of that is made up or represent something about our culture or about a landscape and legitimate sightings of a real creature. I mean, hey, I just talked about the Coelacanth on my last episode and I discussed a few different real cryptids like a hoop snake or even mentioned Deloitte's ape, but I never really got into it. So this episode, I wanted to explore some of the different parts of this culture and try to categorize them in different areas, whether it be a real creature that somebody saw or something that a bunch of teenagers may have made up or did a hoax on. So let's explore some of these categories that I found myself using today. So the first one, we'll just kind of go over more of those real cryptids I had mentioned in the last episode. This is the more like speculative biology part of cryptids I love, where it's just real creatures, but you're messing with their anatomy, or maybe we thought they were extinct, and now we found them today. I mean, examples of that are like the coelacanth from my last episode. Oh, and I'm going to New York City tomorrow. I might be able to go to the Natural History Museum, but there's a lot of stuff I want to hit up, so we'll see. Uh, even the Tasmanian tiger, who only passed away less than a century ago, the last member of its species, might still be out there, and there are cryptozoologists and biologists out there looking for it today. But some other animals that we thought were extinct, but we found today, include the Moroccan midwife toad, which was rediscovered in 1977, the Chacoan peccary in 1970, which is like this big boar-like creature with quills on its back, and it was thought to be extinct for millions of years. A group of cryptozoologists ended up finding it, and all the natives in the area already knew the animal existed. They were like, oh, you mean this? Yeah, a peccary exists. The Loatian rock rat was rediscovered in 2005, one in our millennium. Even insects have been rediscovered, like, oh, let's see this one, the Gracilidris ant 
in 2006 was thought to be extinct for 15 million years and was rediscovered less than two decades ago. And hey, even sometimes trees are thought to go extinct, like uh, the nightcap oak that was rediscovered in 2000. I mean, trees, mollusks, fungi, they're all part of their own animal kingdoms and their own genuses and species. So we could rediscover tons of different living things. And it's neat to see things like trees and insects represented. I mean, you never know what new ant you could discover out there. Now another one that I find myself using a lot nowadays because a lot of new cryptids I discover are coming out of like the 1930s and I'm wondering what's going on and it's usually colonialist explorers are finding weird animals that they think are oh my gosh what the heck is this like the buru which was the Komodo dragon I mentioned in the last episode. They don't know but all the locals really know what these animals are. One that I've mentioned before that I haven't gone into was the roe. Now that was a creature discovered in Papua New Guinea in like 1920s. This scientist explorer was sure he had discovered this new dinosaur-like creature that was living deep in the forests. When he went out on an expedition with a photographer, they caught a photo of the roe. And this was supposed to be a giant shelled creature on four legs, like a turtle, but with a long neck. 20 feet long that could stretch into the trees and eat from the treetops. There's no guarantee what exactly he saw, but he probably exaggerated, and this was, was more than likely a giant turtle. I mean, there are a lot of giant turtles with long necks, like the Galapagos turtle. I'm sure he could have exaggerated for a great story, especially these explorers, these American and European explorers, when they're going out and looking for cryptids and creatures that have never existed before or have only been rumored of. They don't want to come back without a story, so they're really incentivized to bring back a story. And that brings me to Deloitte's Ape. This was a cryptid that I thought was really interesting. I recommend going and looking up the picture of Deloitte's Ape. I'll put it on my Instagram. It's a famous picture in cryptozoology of this strange monkey-like human. Maybe the missing link in between what monkeys and humans were. It's leaned up against this barrel, and let's explore its story. So in 1929, George Montadon proposed it as a new species based off of one photo he found from a Swiss geologist named Francisco Deloy in 1920. Now the story goes, Deloy was on an expedition in the Colombian-Venezuelan border when his party was encountered by two primates walking on two feet toward them. They're walking bipedally, and they are large, with reddish fur and white stripes down their chest with no tail and they were standing real tall uh, seven to eight feet tall and they were irate they were mad they were shouting at Deloitte and his party Deloitte and his party didn't know what to do and before they knew it these primates were brandishing their fists and throwing shit at them like monkeys are <laughs> rumored to always do so what does Deloitte the adventurer do uh he responds by shooting one of them and the other one runs off so he takes the body of this monkey and he props it up against a crate and that's how we get our infamous photo. One of my favorite speculations of this creature comes from C.M. Kozman because he represents this great argument that in the Cryptozoologicon, an amazing text to learn about cryptids, it, he explores how Montodon most likely tried to legitimize this hoax to support his theory that he promoted this, this thing called the Hologenesis Hypothesis now, that's a widely regarded racist school of thought that proposes like different homo sapiens originated from different primates. So he needed this reddish monkey to become the ancestor for like 
what he called red people. Extremely racist talk. And I think that's why he proposed that that was the missing link in between humans and primates, between the red people. He said, you know, white monkeys were that for white people. He said, that, yeah, it was all bad. So this is just an easy example of, like I've mentioned, cryptozoology comes into sociology and comes into how people, and it very easily, like, splices itself into the social consciousness and people can try to use it for racist rhetorics like this or other things so uh, cryptozoology has a lot of interesting weird paths it goes down Deloitte's ape just represents one of the more like real wild cases of a hoax from 1920 being used for racist propaganda i mean a wild thing and Deloitte's ape just ends up being a spider monkey which is fair that the explorer didn't know what a spider monkey was, but the way it was used to try and make this whole new species to promote this racist school of thought, it, insane. But to get back to something a little bit more normal, let's talk about normal animals in weird environments. Now that could be the beast of Gouvedon, that's a French wolf creature that I've talked about in my last episode. Now that was more than likely just a hyena that French people hadn't seen before, so they were like, what the heck? Yeah, a hyena in France is bizarre. Uh, another one being the Trinity Alps giant salamanders of 1939. Now that's in Northern California. There were thought to be giant salamanders the sizes of like, you know, alligators and stuff. Seven feet big salamanders climbing in the mountains of NorCal. Now, this could have actually just been a species of giant salamander called Dicampetodon. And even though it's highly unlikely and that species doesn't live there, that doesn't mean that some weirdo didn't bring it to California. Oh, especially in 1939. This is the point where LA's already blown up, all these big places and famous people are moving in. They could be bringing all sorts of strange animals. I mean, in the LA canals, there was a lion once in modern times. I mean, that's crazy. So who's to say some giant salamander didn't end up off of some rich dude's house in NorCal and ended up in the mountains for a little bit. Another one just like that is the Oklahoma octopus. Now, this is a really famous cryptid, but I mean, one weird thing is I can never really find an origin point for the Oklahoma octopus. It seems to be somewhere around like the 50s and 60s, but the stories have been going on for forever, and there are said to be native stories of octopi in, in these waters, but these are freshwater lakes that were made by men. And the Oklahoma octopus is just kind of this, it's just kind of this lake monster tale that's very common of when people die in lakes, people like to come up with mythology to feel better about what happened. I talked about this with the rock bolt slider. People don't like to admit really sad stuff so it's easier to come up with stories sometimes especially when it's happening a lot so when a lot of people were drowning in these lakes in Oklahoma, the Oklahoma octopus became a very big story and that was said to drown people and pull them down into the lakes. A terrifying, I don't want to be dragged down into a lake by any octopus. I grew up at my grandma's lake house, I visit there all the time. I was terrified of being dragged down in the lake by some creature. There's said to be a dragon in Lake Nacimiento because the lake is shaped like a dragon. I was scared as heck. So the Oklahoma octopus, I totally understand. And it is even said to be a rumor that there was an actual octopus there. Like people were said to have filmed the Oklahoma octopus. 
But this could have just been, yet again, another rich person's pet that got lost or thrown in there. You don't know what rich people are doing with exotic pets with all this money. Especially when they get caught with exotic pets, they're not allowed to have them. So what do they do with them? You end up with like the New York tiger guy who was just a construction worker who took in a baby tiger and a baby alligator and grew them up in his house. And by the time they were fully grown, he didn't know what to do with them. So the police had to come and retrieve the animals. It, there's some legendary photos of that, by the way. And that leads me to like New York sewer gators. That's been a myth, an urban legend almost for a hundred years plus of these gators lurking in the sewers. Even in California, I was suspicious. That I don't know what's down there. There could be a giant gator in there. Uh, you know, the Batman villain is kind of based off of that mythology. It's That's a neat myth to me. I like that one. Uh, sewer snakes are actually real, though. That one's scary. Snakes come up people's pipes of, like, toilets and bath. That's a spooky one. No, thank you. Talk about, uh, yeah, it's a snake, but why is it in my bathtub? No, thank you. Now, sometimes we just get misidentified animals. It is, sometimes that is a normal animal in a weird environment, but sometimes it's just somebody getting spooked and not knowing what the heck they're looking at. So they come up with some crazy tale that both the Mothman and the Jersey Devil are suspected to be sandhill cranes. Just people saw giant birds that they weren't used to. I mean, it's spooky, but it's not that. That's come on. Uh, other misidentified animals include like the Canvey Island monster. Now that's a British like sea monster that soaked up onto the shore one day and nobody knew what it was. It was this deformed, weird looking fish. It was a monster that washed up ashore. Uh, little did they know that was actually just like a deformed monkfish or even an angler fish. That's just normal weird stuff washes up on the ocean. Like I also mentioned the Zayomara creature. I didn't get to go into him last episode. So in 1977, a Japanese vessel off of the Pacific coast of New Zealand dragged up this like dinosaur corpse. It was horrible. It was horrifying to look at. I'll post the picture of this one too, cause I get it. You pull up this weird looking corpse. It looks like a dinosaur, like a plesiosaur with giant paddle arms. And you're like, wow, I just found a dinosaur. What the heck's going on? But when they analyzed it, it turned out to just be a basking shark. Just a really weird corpse of a basking shark because most of the flesh had decayed. So it was just this weird angelic looking figure. Yeah, weird stuff washes up on shore all the time. I mean, the Shunkalwarakin of Montana I've talked about. Oh, classic cryptid for me. Absolutely love. That was just some weird hybrid wolf coyote maybe, or even suspected a hyena. Rich person brought a hyena up into Montana, who knows? I know there are a ton of rich people complexes in Montana. They do all weird sorts of stuff. The Rochester rat dog is another, I mean, this is just a lady who claims to be seeing this two foot big rat dog creature in Rochester, New York. But I mean, that's just, that's just a rat. I'm gonna be 100, that's a rat. And the last one, like the Unitaw Basin Direwolf, Unitaw Basin, that's where the Skinwalker is. Skinwalker has tied to the Direwolf, but the Direwolf's kind of different. That's just more drawn to the cattle mutilation that happens in this part of northeastern Utah. And they probably did see a giant coyote or maybe even a giant wolf at the time in these early 1900s. But it wasn't a Direwolf. That's... That's mythology, come on. Gotta love it though. I Dire anything is a cool animal to me. You wanna do easy spec bio? 
or fantasy creation just i don't know a dire shark dire bear dire house dire car i don't know dire truck it's, that's a monster truck i don't know that that one's just kind of a general term that's very fun uh another one that's on the more realistic side of it all still is animals with diseases or strange behaviors that one comes up a good amount i mean the blue hound chupacabra is the most famous version of that i mean everybody was just like oh it's just a dog with mange uh actually coyote dog hybrid with probably with mange when people talk about like aggressive birds and aggressive you know turtles are notorious for being an aggressive one like the beast of busco these are just aggressive animals biting people that's not that crazy uh the lizard of skateboard swamp is a super famous one but the lizard man is probably just a giant lizard that ran at some dude's car i mean it was a teenager who just went to mcdonald's in like the 1980s and he said this reptile thing kept banging on his car like <laughs> that could have actually just been a big lizard who ran up to a car and started biting it and then ran back into the woods. I don't know, animals act weird sometimes, especially if that was somebody's pet and it was starving, it was in distress. You never know. Uh, uh, another strange behavior is rat kings. Uh, some people don't believe in rat kings. Uh, I think there's video of it, I'm pretty sure. But these are like when rats, they get their tails all twisted up together. It's a New York urban legend, really. But, I mean, rat kings are horrifying. And I've heard of rat kings in forests. I mean, I don't want to see a bunch of rats with their tails tied together, running in different directions, all like a giant mass. Like, that's terrifying. And another one from more modern time is Hogzilla. Now, in like the 2006, I think, mid to late 2000s, there's reported to be a Hogzilla that was hunted down and shot in America, I believe in Arkansas. And there's a picture of it, I'll post to Instagram. It's a giant boar, but there are wild boar in America and let alone, they're not this big. This guy was said to weigh half ton, be 10 feet big. But I mean, they could have been over-exaggerating and this could have just been a boar with gigantism or some form of, or some genetic mutation that made it larger than normal. I mean, that's not uncommon could have also been a hybrid of these wild pigs or domesticated and wild pigs. That's said to be happening in Australia. They tear everything up. So Hogzilla is a weird, you know, kind of cryptid, kind of hunting mythology thing from modern time. I like it. Now, one will never escape on the realistic side of cryptid culture are the hoaxes. There are lots of hoaxes. And I mean, Nessie is more than likely a hoax. Sorry about that. I love Nessie and I there's a lot of lake monsters though. I mean, I love a lot of different lake monsters, but they get boring when they're all just like Nessie. Nessie was just a prank anyways. Um, the Hodag is a famous prank from 1896 in Wisconsin. Now that was said to be this giant, it looks kind of almost like a pig in some depictions, but it's almost like a bull. It has these giant horns, these giant tusks, these spikes coming out of its spine, this big bulking creature that was said to crush around through the forest and gore anything in its sight. It was hunted down by locals, hunt it and shoot it, and eventually they are able to capture and kill one. But when the Smithsonian eventually wanted to come and check out the corpse, they were like, oh, okay, we got to admit, this is a hoax, sorry. So it's a fun hoax, but yeah, no, we did all of this just to make this fake creature and do this big event. I don't know, we just trying to have fun. It's 1896. 
Uh, but a more notorious one and lesser known and thank you to another podcaster named Tracing Owls uh, me and him had a great conversation in the past and he had mentioned the Atlanta Martian Monkeys of 1953 now this is a very popular and known hoax especially at the time and it's actually interesting you could go view the actual Martian Monkeys in the Georgia Bureau of Investigation Mini Museum I mean the actual government held on to these guys and this was just in 1953 three dudes were running a prank they're running a bet against each other to see if they could get in the newspaper so they found a monkey corpse and it gets really sad and this is where hoax culture is all wrong like nessie was kind of harmless to me the hodag especially harmless that's just people having fun but this is just m mutilating a monkey corpse and just to kind of shock people. And yeah, so they dye it in green, they take off its tail and they put it in the street. They take blow torches and they blow torch a giant circle around it to make it look like it landed from a UFO. And then they call the cops and the cops come. And they're like, whoa, what is this? Blah, 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 blah. It's just a big hoax. And while I want to call that stuff fun, you got to be ethical about your hoaxes if you're going to really do it. And especially nowadays, I don't know, I, I love hoax culture. I wish it would come back and people would have more fun with this stuff. But nowadays is uh-uh. If you fake in it, you, you a bad person. Don't trick people if it's going to cause like actual distress or panics and stuff like that. I mean, if it's all for fun in the culture, let's go. Now, I had mentioned lake monsters. There's river monsters. So many. I mean, there's Chassis is a very famous one. Flathead monster is a famous one. But that's how I've named Native American spirituality, but that's a Montana monster. Uh, the Salt Lake monster is another one. That's said to be like a half bear, half kind of dolphin looking monster that lives in the Salt Lake of Utah. The Ogua I had mentioned, oh, that's a two-headed snapping turtle that comes out of West Virginia. Uh, the Beast of Busco is another giant snapping turtle that comes out of Illinois. Uh, the Oklahoma octopus, like mentioned, is another lake monster. The bunyip is a four river monster. And the Thetis lake monster of Canada is actually what inspired uh, the creature of the Black Lagoon. So lake monsters and river monsters, you'll find them everywhere. I'm sure at this point, every state has some kind of fish monster, river monster. I mean, wait a second. Even the, uh, even the Coelacanth was a ocean monster, a fish monster for a while, but that was discovered to be a real life thing. I mean, other ocean monsters include like the Conrit of Vietnam that's said to be like a giant centipede that lives in the ocean. And who's, who's to say that doesn't exist? Sea scorpions were super popular a few hundred million years back. So, you know, one of those could have still existed. Uh, the black demon shark of South America is a big one. That's out of spirituality too, I, I believe. But that is a really interesting story and a crazy depiction. I believe there's also a new movie about it that's super goofy looking. Uh, much like the Megalodon, uh, big shark, the very goofy depiction. But the Megalodon was actually just a real life shark that lived millions of years ago and is now extinct. But I always talk about it. Is it really extinct? How do we prove that? Now, we want to talk about, does it really exist? Okay, let's talk big feet. There are so many big feet. They are international. The, the Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Bigfoot of the Pacific Northwest is the most famous. That's where we get the Patterson-Gimlet footage, which is the most famous cryptid anything ever. Maybe the Nessie photo too, but you know what I mean. 
But internationally, there's like the Thurring Padet, the Gigabon of Japan, but we go to America, we have the Florida Skunk Ape, the Missouri Momo. Missouri Momo's great too. It's got its own song. Momo, I... <laughs> It, they always talk about how smelly Momo is and how long-haired that one is. It's black, long hair, Sasquatch. That's just the stoner, I don't know, stinky, like, yeah, it's some dude smoking. <laughs> Momo's a fun one. The Falk Monster, Honey Island Swamp Monster of Louisiana. The Mogollon Monster is the Southwest Sasquatch of Arizona. The Sheep Squatch is a famous one out of West Virginia. But along with that is another famous one where they're werewolves and wolfmen. Now that's mythozoology, but in modern day there are a lot of different, there's the Michigan Dogman, the Rougarou, which is like a French werewolf, but it comes out of Louisiana, so it's Creole. And the Rougarou I've mentioned before, but very funny, it can't count past a dozen, so you put 13 pennies down and it just looks very confused. A werewolf that is very easily beaten. The Minnesota Dogman, the Wolfman of Chestnut Mountain in Illinois. Uh, more interestingly, there's like big dogs that could be the Beast of Bray Road. The Ozark Howler is another big dog, maybe a Wolfman out there. Uh, the Kentucky Hellhound is a big dog. There's lots of Hellhounds all throughout the world too, but Europe was known for them, Britain specifically. Black Shuck being one of the most popular Hellhounds ever. Hellhounds have actually even been depicted as defending non-religious people from religious zealots so uh, hellhound is an interesting imagery and i mentioned dogman and wolfman but there's a lot of man cryptids out there including bunny man which is more an urban legend of a serial killer but there's the ohio grass man the west virginia veggie man the goat man of 1957 in maryland the lizard man mantis man the poplic monster is also a goat man you know what i mean it's very easy to just slap these these titles in front of man. I mean, Mothman, the biggest one. Those ones are always a lot of fun, but very goofy. Now, another end of cryptid culture is folklore. And that's one of my favorite sides. Oh, my favorite. All the lumberwood creatures, so goofy and ridiculous and all represent different natural hazards or landscapes or different things you might encounter. So let's look at some of the different folklore. And, and folklore could include pixies and gnomes and fairies and all these metaphysical spirits that represent plenty of different things throughout all of folklore, especially Europe. A popular one being the Puck Wedgie. That was actually spotted in Ohio too, but that's just like a, a small forest goblin type creature who causes mischief and mayhem. But one thing I find interesting is folklore creatures are usually split into different categories in themselves. So it depends on who's citing them. Is it a folklore creature from the lumberjacks? From the miners? From farmers? See a lot of different ones. Lumberjacks or some of my favorite, they include creatures like the Gumbaroo, a, a big goofy looking bear that's round like a football and explodes when it gets scared. Uh, the Roperite, which is a fast running bird, faster than a roadrunner, that has this noose-like nose and it's able to stretch its nose and throw it at its prey and hook around it and be able to pull it towards it and eat its prey. Roperites are crazy. Uh, Argo pelters are very dangerous scripted. Uh, big primate-like creatures that pop out of the top of torn trees and they throw giant splintering spears at lumberjacks known for killing lumberjacks in the woods and are extremely dangerous 
It's interesting to think of Archopelters being able to travel between different trees using like the roots and crawling through those. Archopelters are a weird one for sure. And one of the most ridiculous ones is the Calipod, which was said to be descripted in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and it would wake up the lumberjacks with its delicate songs. But when you looked at this thing, it has the flute of a nose and its organs like in its stomach that look like a lot of different music instruments. And, and the morning breeze would go through this creature and create all these beautiful noises and the lumberjacks would be able to wake up peacefully, a nice peaceful cryptid. Uh, miners are known for having a famous cryptid out of like the Welsh call it the Colbina, but the Cornish call it the Tommyknocker. And that's the sort of subterranean gnome-like creature that was like 1.5 feet tall, very ugly, wore like weird minor clothing, and it was just very awkward and goofy, but they were actually very friendly and helpful, and they just want to help people find gold, and they were able to help find precious veins of metal by making a knocking noise on the rock. Farmers find them all the time, especially when like animals go missing, or, or animals wind up dead, like the chupacabra was known for that, or the snally guy. Aster was known for doing that. That one comes out of Quaker culture of like Maryland and Pennsylvania. That was said to be this giant dragon looking bird creature with tentacles coming out the back of it and was known for terrorizing farmers. But if, if you were set to put up a seven point star on your farm, that would ward the creature off. And if you play Fallout 76, you will fight plenty of snally gasters, plenty of creepy crawlies out there. Uh, farmers also see just weird stuff like the Kinderhook blobs. That might have been an alien, but they were like these blob-like creatures that were found not too far outside of where I'm currently living. And a farmer just saw these white blobs in his farm and didn't know what they were doing. They were said to slowly float to their ship and then take off. Uh, same with the Metal Man of Alabama, That's another alien-like, not even a cryptid, this guy's just some weird uh, police sheriff went out to go investigate an emergency call at like 10pm in Alabama in 1973, and he saw the strangest thing out in the corn, he saw this tinfoil looking dude dressed up from head to toe with these special like binoculars on, just running through the farm. Now this could have just been, you know, somebody using and having a very bad night or I don't know, maybe a very fun night and they wrapped themselves in tinfoil and they ran through the corn. Uh, I mean, the policeman didn't know what he saw and it weirded him the heck out. That is, I don't know, that's fair to me. It makes sense the farmer was like, I want no business with this. Somebody go deal with whoever's in my farm. Now another category could be dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are found all the time. Like Cassii Rex was a T-Rex that was found in the Congo, but was actually probably just a picture of a lizard that was that was put onto a dead rhinoceros's body and it freaked everybody out and they and then people you know you know what people do they say oh i saw it oh i saw it and then the cassii rex is a big famous cryptid this is also back in the 1930s when explorers are out there trying to find all these weird things uh that's also how we get the rope in and the congomata those are just giant pterodactyls pterodactyl cryptids are pretty common in all fairness uh, the Van Meter Visitor being one of the more famous ones, but that, I don't know, the Van Meter Visitor's gotta get its whole own episode, because this was a pterodactyl that had laser beam eyes and was bulletproof, and I don't know, it sounded almost more like an alien to me, so we gotta explore whatever that pterodactyl was. 
Moklamembi is a famous dinosaur cryptid. Uh, river dinos in Colorado are a pretty popular one. Now, sometimes there's just actual strange sightings. People just saw weird things. They didn't know what they saw. That's kind of how I consider the Van Meter visitor. Just, I don't know what you describe what you just saw. That's just kind of once in a lifetime. Uh, the Grafton Monster also goes in there. That's a West Virginian cryptid. That's just this giant hulking beast with this white seal-like skin that lumbers through the woods and was spotted multiple times throughout the 1970s. And it's said to make this train-like whistling noise and leave this kind of black sludge wherever it once was. Now, this was never fully discovered. Now, that cryptid story has kind of dazed people for a while. Uh, the Loveland Frog Folk are also another crazy example of a business man driving in the 1970s seeing these three frog-like creatures standing about four feet tall with maybe hats on and they had these sparkling wands that were sparking in midair. He didn't know what they were and when he drove around to find them he saw them fleeing into the forest. Now I don't know. I've always been suspicious that that one's just kids. He just saw kids dressed up real weird with sparklers but the next day, a policeman was said one of it by itself standing on that highway. And goofy enough, even a Pokemon Go player in 2016 said he saw Loveland Frog Folk too on that highway in Ohio. Thunderbirds are a strange sighting as well. Just these kind of giant birds all throughout America and through the whole world. But many Native American tribes had mythology and spirituality based on different Thunderbirds that lived in the area. And one crazy one was in 1977, this little boy, a 10 year old boy in Illinois was attacked by two giant birds, said to be 30 foot birds that picked him up and took him about 10 feet in the air before dropping him and fleeing when his mother came. I, I don't know the validity on this, but Thunderbirds have always kind of been an interesting mythology in my mind. And who's to say there aren't giant birds out? Terror birds once existed. Those guys were scary as heck. And condors currently exist. I mean, when I used to take my small dogs to the lake house I used to visit, I'd have to protect them from turkey vultures when I was hanging out on the patio. I would see the turkey vultures lurking in the sky, circling when they see my small dog out there. So, I don't know. Birds are crazy and they'll pick up whatever they can. I, last episode, I talked about bird picking up a freaking shark and taking it two miles out of the ocean. So, birds are crazy. And of course, with strange sightings, you got teenagers reporting sightings I kind of rank based off of the validity of these people, especially people like with higher up authority in their fields. Like, you know, pilots report this stuff, police officers report a lot of different things. But when teenagers report it, it's stuff like Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp, like I discussed, the Dover Demon was seen by teenagers. I was actually able to go to the Dover Demon original site and it is just kind of this small little community in Massachusetts with these brick walls lining their forested roads. And it was just kind of seen on one of these rock walls. But I mean, that could have been any animal that these teenagers saw. We don't know how sober these teenagers were for sure. So they could have seen anything. They were suspicious that it was an owl. I'm suspicious it could have even been a possum that they saw. But the Dover Demon is an interesting one. Uh, and the Flatwoods Monster, oh, a very popular cryptid. Holy moly, so many great depictions of this guy who is actually kind of more of an alien. But I like this cryptid because he comes with a smell. Uh, this, cult, this cryptid was said to have the smell of sulfur in the air as you approached it, the sickening sulfur smell, and the sound of grinding machinery as you saw this 
ghastly figure covered in smoke with, with this giant dome-like head floating, levitating towards you, making these crackling, spooky noises with its waving arms. A very fun one, but this was reported by children, so you gotta really question validity. But apparently the whole town event, like a group from the town, goes and checks out the site with the kids, and they also see it, and they run off too, so... The Flatwoods monster is a real interesting myth to me and I need to explore further for sure. Now that could lead me to alien cryptid crossovers as we start winding down. Uh, the Flatwoods monster, probably an alien. Kinderhook blobs, probably an alien. The Hopskinville goblins, probably an alien in all fairness. They were actually related very closely to the greys. But the Hopskinville goblins were said to have haunted this family in the mid-1900s, and they're lurking outside of their farm property and haunting them at night, coming, stealing things, breaking things. They would call the cops, and the cops would be like, yo, I'm, there's goblins? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to come help. So the family's just terrified, and they're holed up in their house with guns every night to try and fight off the goblins. That's a spooky one, but it could have been aliens. Some people say the Fresno Nightcrawler are aliens. Our government does even, so that's a weird one. And one of my favorite alien cryptid crossovers are the Gargantuan Gliders out of Nevada. Now this was reported by a pilot, so the validity is pretty good for me. And it was when three pilots landed on top of a mesa, they saw this strange creature that looked almost like a clam land on the mesa next to them. Now it had tentacles coming out the backside of it, and it was said to have this sparking energy going Going on but this pilot was adamant that this wasn't a ufo or anything as he could feel it breathing on him and it could see it moving down with every breath now this is a crazy tale as there was said to be a second gargantuan glider that came and either killed or tried to revive the original smaller one that had landed so i definitely want to look into the gargantuan gliders as they are one of the best examples of a alien creature that might have visited and fall upon a very weird culture of these aerial phenomenons but more specifically living ones people say there are aerial fungi living in the sky aerial mollusks aerial jellyfish all these weird things aerial worms like the rods that people believe live in the sky that are giant flatworm looking creatures that are able to influence like events and things that some conspiracy theorists believe in and on the more folklore end of it all where some of these aren't even specifically cryptids anymore Anymore. We'll have urban legend type stories, boogeymen like the Bunny Man and the Virginia Pig Man, uh, the Nyon Rogue out of Detroit is this devilish cryptid figure who's said to cause mischief and there's this whole festival based off of him. Uh, the Woods Devil of Coos is just a boogeyman really that was said to scare teenagers that would go to this kissing point. Uh, the Napa Rebonds are these weird cryptids I guess, but they're flying monkeys that come out of the Napa Valley in California, and there are said to be these government experiments on these monkeys that turn them into these aggressive flying monsters that live in the Napa Valley. And if you drive to the specific road and find this mansion that's actually a government facility, that you could find these escaped Napa rebonds. That's a crazy urban legend boogeyman for sure. And the melon heads sometimes get put with cryptids, but these are just like spooky young kids with giant heads who are just kids who are abducted by a doctor and his crazy wife and he did experiments on them. 
that's really the whole spooky tale and I could tell the whole Melonhead story, it's an interesting one, but it's urban legend territory for sure, hardly cryptid territory. And one of the last ones that's interesting are taxidermy cryptids. That's a category we find every once in a while for sure, jackalopes being one of the most famous versions of that. But the Fiji mermaid that was made by P.T. Barnum finds its way into cryptid culture all the time. That was the one where it was like a monkey's top and the fish's bottom. That's a super popular taxidermy cryptid that most people in the world have seen at this point. Uh, the chupacabra has many taxidermy cryptid versions. The fur-bearing trout is a really popular one. It was just this big trout fish. I actually got to see it in the International Cryptid Museum in Maine. But yeah, it's just this trout with fur on it and people were said to lived in this lake and the fur kept it warm. But fish don't need to stay warm during the winter. What is this talking about? This is pure nonsense, but somebody took the time to put fur onto a fish. So hey, you know, more power to you. And this happens with dinosaurs a lot and the river dinos of Colorado, like I mentioned, those were also kind of taxidermy cryptids as it was just people putting bones together and being like, look, I found this crazy dinosaur that no one discovered. They lived in the rivers and stuff and look at how small they are. Nah, you just goofing around with bones. I mean, hey, it's cool, it's art. There's plenty of them on Etsy that I love to look at. So that kind of brings me down on down on a lot of the popular cryptids and the different categories I use. And I had said that a lot of them believe belong to spirituality. And while I did categorize some of them in there, that's just because I hear them brought up in cryptid culture. I, me personally, I like to separate them out. That includes the Wendigo, the Skinwalkers, the Passei bird or the Passei dragon, as they're really interesting, but they're not exactly cryptid culture especially things like skinwalkers, is that's more of a very horrible human being, criminal person doing this ritual to become this wolf-like anything creature so it could come in, in and out of communities without being seen. I mean, but I have been to Skinwalker Ranch and I did get kicked off of it. So hey, that counts for something. And you know, the famous UFO things you might've heard of too are the Gurdon Lights of Arkansas, the Marfa Lights of Texas, the Battle of Los Angeles is a very famous UFO Thing. Roswell's famous, Kicksburg UFO. I got to visit recently. That's a really cool UFO story I'll have to bring to you guys. But that's outside of cryptid culture. I mean, other things outside of cryptid culture that find their way around are the Vampire Mercy Brown of Rhode Island, the Glockaster Ghoul of Rhode Island. I mean, these are urban legends and folktale that are really fun to tell. Uh, the Headless Horseman, uh, Robert the Doll of Florida is a popular paranormal artifact. So yeah, that's a look into weird culture and primarily all the cryptid categories I love to talk about and I find myself using all the time. I hope you were able to take something away from this bonus episode, whether it just be like what a Loveland frog folk was or what are the different categories where you're like, wow, they're dinosaur cryptids. Oh yeah. And if I didn't get into anything too specific that you want to hear more about, definitely hit me up on the Instagram or at the Gmail. I'll tell that in the credits at the end because I love exploring all these tales and some of them definitely deserve whole episodes. I just kind of wanted to give a whole look at the culture and even give some of the UFO 
slow things and just get people familiar with different names and if you want to look into them especially ones from your own states i highly recommend doing so and i can't wait to bring you guys next week's episode oh boy because we go into the skies ufos for sure let's check out the first ufo going all the way back to my home state where it originated it even went past my hometown we're talking about the mystery airship of california in the 1800s oh yeah went all across america and so many people saw different versions of it people said they even met the crew of it some said they were aliens some said they were just people funded by a mysterious billionaire and how did william randolph hearst the famous ye yellow journalist find his way into a vendetta with this story trying to disprove it at all costs even sending personal investigators to go hunt down this airship and disprove it but that just kind of fueled more people to say oh well i saw it over here oh i'm i met one of them they actually stopped off at my place to get some food an absolutely crazy story and what inspired a lot of different ufo stories of today so you just have to stick around and hear about it on the next episode of fringe history History is researched, written, and produced by me, Basti B. French History is an independent podcast relying and welcome to any sightings, encounters, or funding to help expand our community. Submit any stories to fringehistorypod at gmail.com or on Instagram at fringehistorypod. Make sure to follow the social media for episode drops and daily content, like daily cryptids. I got MetaZoo cards on there, depictions of different spirits, aliens, and of course, tons of cryptids on there uh and all the pictures you want to see from the case you heard today and all the other cases it could be a good spot to find your next episode and if you want to help support this podcast for absolutely free please go leave a review anywhere you heard this spotify apple Podcasts, amazon music anywhere you listen to your podcast thank you a ton and as always stay weird out there keep adventuring folks